Hi everyone and welcome to HR Sound Off, the show created to talk about HR with who better than people in HR. We're going to talk about different topics and we're also going to talk about the many misconceptions that kind of irritate us that people have about our function and what we do. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's sound off. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us in the Sound Off booth today. Today we are talking about mental health and how important it is to monitor, to assist employees with mental health issues in the workplace. So I have this discussion with me today is none other than Jolene King. Jolene is very passionate about people, employee health and well-being. And I met Jolene last year, was it Jolene? Um, or was it year before? No, it was 2018 now. Okay, time is flying faster than you think. Mm. When you, yes. So about two years ago, and um, sharing that common passion for HR, Jolene and I just um, hit it off like a house on fire. And um, one of the things, well, we have lots of things in common. So mm. I was born in the UK. Jolene is residing in the UK. <laughs> Um, she is Barbadian. I am living in Barbados and I'm also Barbadian. So we have a, we have a lot of commonalities in, in there. Um, and we both have a passion for HR, um, especially when it comes to employee health and well-being. And so I couldn't think of anyone that I wouldn't want to have this conversation with at this time other than Jolene. So thank you for joining me today, Jolene. Thanks for having me. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. And I just wanted to kind of kick off in, in terms of talking about um, a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, and your journey through this um, vast valley that we call HR. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you got where you are now. Well, I am a trained occupational psychologist. So I started out, I did my first degree at UWE. I wanted to be an occupational psychologist. I went overseas to graduate school, did a degree in industrial organizational psychology with the plan of being an HR consultant and having absolutely no idea what that meant. I probably should have asked someone. (laughs) And um, I got into HR, but you start from the bottom, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. But then of course, and then that took me from going back to Barbados and then coming to the UK and starting from the bottom. But what I developed What I realized over a generalist HR career that I was dealing a lot with absence management cases, long-term sick cases where the cause was stress and managers are coming to me asking me, what should I do when I'm thinking, well, you do this, you do that according to policy, but obviously you're dealing with human beings. It's a complex situation. Mm -hmm. And that led me to start to read more about how to manage it better and mental health. And that led me to also doing some reading and training on my own. Mm -hmm. And once I set up my consultancy, 246 King Consulting, it was one of the areas I said I would focus on, mental health awareness training. So I became a mental health first aider. I've done courses on mental health and well-being and improving fitness and nutrition and what have you. And I read a lot. I network with people specialized in the area. Mm-hmm. And that's really been my journey to date. Wonderful. And how do you feel now about 
where you started and where you are now and where you wanted you always wanted to be was was I, I guess I did a roundabout way because everybody's yeah. career journey is very different. Absolutely. But I'm gl- I'm glad where I am now, and mm-hmm. I think because of the focus on mental health, I I got in it at the right time because right. it's not like I jumped into it. I was already involved mm-hmm. when it became a hot topic, mm-hmm. so I'm a bit ahead of the game. Right. And we will see where things lie because mental health has been recognized by the United Nations as a global crisis. Absolutely. So this is the time to get involved. Mm-hmm. Now, where things go five years from now, I'm hoping that I can raise more awareness within Barbados yeah. and the Caribbean so that we actually start talking about it and not pretending it doesn't exist mm-hmm. because the male suicide rates in Barbados are atrocious mm-hmm. and something needs to be done. Yes. The conversations need to be had so that we can end the stigma. Absolutely. I'm 100% in agreement with that. And I'm hoping that through this podcast that um, it would help to raise some of that awareness that you're trying to, to raise. And I, I support that wholeheartedly for you. And maybe we could put some context to it, especially as it relates to like things like absenteeism, as you talked about before. So mm-hmm. in, the, in the January... Um, 2020 um, CIPD HR magazine um, they spoke about HR in terms of absenteeism that it cost employers in the U.S. about 225.8 billion or 1,685 dollars per employee per year. In the, U- in the UK they say it cost 14 billion or 554 pounds per employee. Um, either way, if we were to put those into Barbados dollars, it is a lot of money. That well, I'll happen. tell you, I'll even go even further and tell you poor mental health costs the UK economy between 74 billion and 99 billion. Yes. And in the US, the annual cost of stress-related health care is 300 billion US dollars. Mm-hmm. And this is what is reported. There are also hidden costs that people don't know about because oh, everyone yes. who had stress doesn't say they have stress. They may exactly. say they have stomach upset or something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truly staggering figures. But yeah. what, what are some of the main causes that you encounter in, in your profession as you go through organizations and it relates to absenteeism? Absenteeism, a big thing is poor management. Mm-hmm. The management conflict, the conflict between the employee and the manager, mm-hmm. that can lead to stress. Mm-hmm. There is also poor work design. If people are not doing the job the way they can, they get frustrated and that can stress them. A toxic work culture, they don't get along with their colleagues, they don't get along with their manager. Their, their own values are not in line with the overall business and that leads to strain. There is the whole issue of sick building syndrome. Poor air quality, poor lighting, everything else can lead to a lot of respiratory illnesses and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's just overwork and burnout because people are working the way they were working 30 years ago and things have evolved. We're not using technology in the way we can and people mm-hmm. are not working efficiently and effectively. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of things I am seeing. And also the world is so crazy right now and People have caring responsibilities, but they're still expected to be in the workplace from nine to five. Why? They're not using flexible working options and it's putting a lot of strain on people. 
So those are the things that I'm encountering that are causing, that are leading to high absence levels across industries. I actually had a a client of mine contact me um, a few weeks back and and one of the things that she was expressing concern about was the fact that she has elderly parents. Mm -hmm. Um, What are you doing? You have elderly parents that you're caring for and you're still working and something happens with your parents and you have to go take care of them or you have to take them to the hospital or whatever the case may be. And being able to say to my employer, okay, I got to take my mom Mm-hmm. to the hospital or mm-hmm. for an appointment or whatever the case may be. And I, but I'm willing to work back the time or I'm willing yeah. to put it in over the weekend so that we can meet this deadline. If the mm-hmm. employee is showing you the willingness to still get you the, to achieve your goal and, and, mm-hmm. and has the overall um, um, well-being of the organization at heart, why can't the employer yep. reciprocate? Right. And that is part of the issue. If an employer and the decision makers within are not willing to embrace flexible working, you're going to have issues. You have low employee engagement, you have withdrawal, people show show up for work and they hardly do anything. So you have low productivity levels and high turnover. Mm -hmm. You have a duty of care to your employees. Absolutely. And and when we're not doing that, then obviously all of these things start to happen and spiral out of control. And it kind of of leads me to what I I also wanted to touch on, which is the employee assistance program. So a lot of organizations have employee assistance programs. And it's so funny because as I was doing my research for this podcast, one of the one of the places that it led me to, you know, sometimes you go down rabbit holes, but it led me to this um, um, cartoon that Dilbert, a Dilbert cartoon. With, yes. Cat um, Bert, the evil director of human resources. Yes. And it actually has this caption where Cat Bert is saying to the team, okay, so our new health, mental health program is going to be Google. And then in the next slot, he says, I want people to diagnose their own illnesses with Google. With Google. I think I saw that. You're I was quite disappointed. Yes. <laughs> but, but it's Catbert, man. You can't, you, can't, you can't be surprised by anything that Catbert says. That is know. true. That is he's true. Been, he's been like this for years. But that's the perception that people get of human resources is mm. that, you know, you really don't care about the employees. You have these employee assistance programs, but are you really helping your, your workforce to utilize the employee assistance program the way that it should be utilized? How can we, as as people in HR, get better at recognizing mental health issues and directing people in the right spaces to get the help they need? First off, HR professionals themselves need to have mental health awareness training, which Mm -hmm. is part of what my mental health awareness training service provides. It is geared towards managers, supervisors, and HR professionals. Mm -hmm. If they're trained to spot early warning signs, they can signpost people. And another thing which HR professionals fail to do is actually tell people that it exists. People Mm -hmm. don't know what they don't know. People need to know from the day of the induction Mm -hmm. what employee benefits exist. Every time you have a meeting with an individual and you recognize that they're struggling in whatever aspect, you need to signpost them, actually give them the information so they They can take it away. They need to be assured that it is confidential and independent 
So mm-hmm. always find a service that is independent and confidential of the organization because yeah. people are very hesitant to do mm-hmm. these things because it thinks it will show up on their record. Mm-hmm. And I will also say that put the information in correspondences, disciplinary letters, grievance letters, mm-hmm. all the different correspondences where you think it can affect people's health and well-being, put the information in. Yeah. And talk about it and make sure managers are briefing employees about it as well. When mm-hmm. they have their weekly meetings, signposted around the organization. This is something involve your marketing departments. Posters should be on company notice boards. Mm-hmm. People don't know what they don't know. And it is up to anyone working with employee benefits to advertise the services. Absolutely. And I think that's that's a great um, some great suggestions that you've given us to, to really think about because I think I'm actually surprised like when I have conversations with, with fellow practitioners mm-hmm. that there are people who are not actually including these things in their onboarding. Like standard yeah, given in my onboarding that yeah. when I am talking to new employees about what the company offers. I actually mentioned the employee assistance program, yeah. how it benefits the employee, right. at what point they should, they should, you know, how the forms of which they could use it. We actually have flyers all around the office so that people there can you go. Fire if they want to. And we also talk about the confidentiality, like the quality exactly. that something is happening is if it is felt like it is that you're a danger to yourself and that you're a danger yeah. to others. Other than exactly. That, only know that the service has been used by X amount of employees and mm-hmm. these are some of the challenges that people are having and we use yep. those metrics to help us in terms of um, creating correct with it. Actually, and the other thing that I also try to do is whenever I'm having an onboarding, I always say, I, I open it to all of the staff. So it's not just the new employees because sometimes in the employees who are there and have been there for a while, they don't mm-hmm. mind having a refresher. Because it it helps them to remember, okay, yeah, I forgot that we have that. Oh, I I forgot that we had an employee assistance program and that we could use it and what it entails. Regular campaigns. Exactly. And and having those helps as we go through the day-to-day cycle. Life is getting harder. It's getting harder to to eat, to sleep, to breathe. breathe, To function. The function in its totality and because the workforce is not keeping up and giving people what they need, it means no. that we have to find ways to assist people to just get through the day-to-day. That's right. To get through the day-to-day. But um, in a recent study, I realized they were showing that only 5.5% of employees are using this form. Mm. Just through the suggestions that you gave, really, you know, are, are really good insights for people in HR, in leadership, to actually find a way to introduce these programs or reintroduce the programs or mm. keep educating the staff about yeah. these programs and how they can do better. But I also realized that these programs are changing as well. So. They are. What are some of the things that you can do besides just having counseling on hand that can be part of your employee assistance program? Um, well, it's about having well-being initiatives within the workplace. Mm-hmm. Some people are instituting um, offering pedometers 
walking groups. They've changed the offerings within the company canteen. Um, one place I worked, I had a how to stop smoking campaign. Mm-hmm. You also bring in people to do checks so you can get your heart rate, your blood pressure. It has to be a holistic thing. Don't just wait for people to get ill. It's yeah. about encouraging people to get well or to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, free fruit Fridays. It, it's just different things. Having yeah. an on-site gym, all sorts of initiatives, the social group, the social club, if you've got one, can get involved. There are a variety of different ways, and it has to be tailored for the workplace and the industry because different people need different things. Yes. And it's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. But it has to be something that has to be done and it has to be pushed from the senior management team. So the leadership team has to be doing all these different things. And a simple thing is insisting that people take lunchtime away Mm -hmm. from their desk. It has to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't like seeing people eating at their desk. There's a lunchroom, go and eat there, go outside, get some fresh air. Things like that. It's just about having healthy behaviors and practices, Mm -hmm. walking meetings, not insisting that you have to have bums and seats where people have to be in at 8.30 and 9 o'clock. What is the point? If they don't need to be there, let mm-hmm. them work from home. We have yeah. technology. Let us use it. Mm-hmm. People have phones and laptops. They can work from home at least one day a week, especially if they have caring responsibilities. They volunteer. They do. People have different things going on in their lives and insisting yeah. that people have, are in office every day, all day. It's unrealistic in 2020. Absolutely. Um, and, and we can only hope that with time and it being said enough and it being canvassed enough that employers will take the opportunity to make the necessary changes. And look at a lot of the organizations today that are a lot for, more forward thinking and ahead yes. um, in terms of how they work when you look at not, you know, not just the Google and the Apples because the yeah. because those are the obvious ones, but there are yeah. other organizations out there who are who are operating in the same in the same way. As I look at agile ways of working, that's um, right. Agile works very well in North and South America because um, they give their staff the autonomy to get the job done. So mm. with that being said, you know, people can come and go as they please because you're looking at output and you're not just looking at a seat in a chair, as you said. Exactly. And it's about trusting people. They are yes. adults. You mm-hmm. have to empower people and give people the trust to do their jobs. They know what they're expected to do and let them do it. Now, there are some industries and workplaces where you need people present because they're serving the public, mm-hmm. but you can redesign things so people are on a shift pattern so that people can leave early, pick up their children, or whatever it is they need to do, and then the other shift comes in. But mm-hmm. that has to be standard and set so that you can run your operations properly. But yeah. this whole business about, and it is a very, it, it's from Victorian times, the nine till five, and we have not evolved from it. And unfortunately, the Caribbean is still stuck in that mode, and it is not assisting our productivity. No. Not at all. So we hope that this is a vehicle that can be used to start spearheading that change along with 
you know, all the, the posts that you keep um, putting out there on LinkedIn and um, your consulting services, that it will help drive that change and that people mm. will see the necessity to make their post changes as they um, want their organizations to develop and progress and to be seen as attractive organizations to work for. Um, mm-hmm know that people now are doing their homework and they're looking at organizations and they're they're you know really vetting you to see if you are employable so it's not just yes. about yes you have a job out there yes I may come for the interview but are you the right fit for me Do you exactly my, my belief system and if you don't mm-hmm. then I have options which is that I don't have to take your job you know and, and in in the age where people are becoming more entrepreneurial yep Exactly. And that is something that I think some employers are missing. Mm-hmm. People don't have to come to work for you. In an interview, they're interviewing you as well, Absolutely. especially the younger generation. Yes, they have they different wants. They're looking for flexible working. They're mm-hmm. looking for corporate social responsibility. Mm-hmm. They're seeing if there's the right work-life balance. And if that doesn't fit with them, they will go elsewhere. That's right. That's right. And that's the point that we really need to we really need to get across. Like I said before, in terms of your LinkedIn posts, I I, I follow you on LinkedIn. One of the posts that really intrigued me last year was the one that you did on Men's, um, World Mental Health Day. Because mm-hmm. your caption after that was, so what's next? Yes, yeah. everyone recognizes this day. That is World Mental Health Day. But mental yeah. health issues exist every day. Every day. What happens next? Yeah, what happens next? So 10th of October, we tell everybody World Mental Health Day. We talk <laughs> about it all day long for 24 hours. And then what <laughs> happens after that? So then nothing changes. So we're on this cycle where we do it every day. It's like Valentine's Day. Yeah. We say happy Valentine's Day and then it comes around the next year. And then what? Where's the love for the, for the other 365, 64 or 65 days a year? Mm-hmm. So when I asked that question, I was thinking, okay, so where are we now? Because we have to look at the progress year in, year out. We mm-hmm. still have the stigma. Mental health is still much a taboo subject across the world because of all the chaos that is happening within society. As I said before, mental health is now a global crisis. But what is changing is that people who are in the public eye are speaking about their own challenges with mental health. So we've got Prince William, Prince Harry, uh, Jennifer Lewis, Jada Pinkett Smith, people, and they've been very open and they've Mm -hmm. spoken about their journey, the Mm -hmm. diagnosis that they would have had, uh, what they're doing. So now there's more messaging and Thankfully, some organizations are is finally clicking that maybe we don't just look at the absence and productivity levels. We need to make sure that people are healthy. Mm-hmm. So they have health and well-being programs. People are actually putting a well-being strategy within their organizational strategy on an annual basis and part of their 10-year strategic plan. Mm-hmm. But also, I would say they're still lacking resources for people to do it on an individual level so that they can get the help that they need because there's still the perception and it's still the case in a lot of places in the world where people can't access mental health facilities because they're not available or they're too expensive and that is an issue that is still very prevalent for a lot of people it's not that they don't want the help it's just 
they can't get it and they can't afford it. Yeah. We have so many challenges and, and, and a long way to go, but the point is to start the dialogue and and try to make as much progress as we can. And hopefully this the stigma around it becomes removed and people mm. become more um people Weird. embrace more, yes, and embrace more that they, they need to help mental health is real and, and we need to help people who have this, mental health issues. Because the statistic is one in four people at some point in their life, there's one in four adults at some point mm-hmm. in their life will experience a mental health condition. Not that they know someone who will, they will go through it themselves. Yes. And the way the world is going, I anticipate in probably the next five to 10 years, it'll be one in three. Mm-hmm. So some of the proposals that I said about the what next, you have to raise general awareness. It has to be every day. It can't just be restricted to one day a year or one right. week. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about it and have regular publicity campaigns. It has to be in the media. It has to be everywhere so yes. that we can break some of that stigma and it being taboo because we're talking about it so much. It becomes part of the conversation. And also governments need to allocate specific funding to mental health and mental health programs. Mm-hmm. Because right now in the UK, the health budget, 3% of that budget goes to mental health. That is inadequate. Yeah. So... Every government needs to have this national policy on health and well-being. It has to happen. And because, as I said, about accessibility for people to actually get resources to help with mental health, that needs to be more across the board. And it has to be offered in various mediums. Some people throw my face-to-face, but if they want to hide behind some barrier, they can do it online. It can be by the telephone, email but it needs to be accessible 24-7. People right. are struggling and they need assistance. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your consulting firm, 246 King Consulting. So mm-hmm. there you focus on working with employers in terms of bringing awareness to mental health. Mental health. Um, walk us through how you determine the needs of the client and what the training kind of looks like. Um, well, first off is about having that, because absence figures are not publicized. People keep those internal. So it's having a conversation with the individual who will probably see those absence figures. So it would be the CEO or the HR director usually, because it's some of the um, key performance indicators that they will discuss in their management meetings and say, well, well, how are things in the organization how are things going? Are people feeling a bit stressed? And based on the responses, I know there may be an issue and something that they want to discuss. Because I know that stress is the number one factor for long-term sick cases. That is, that is a proven fact. Right. So from then now, I can start to insert myself about what I can do and services that I can provide, including mental health awareness training. Now, The training is offered in two forms. There's a half day, which is an intense mental health awareness training for managers, employees, and HR professionals. Then the full day training is for those who want to take it a step further and they will become mental health champions. So they won't just be able to recognize early warning signs. They will be able to actually advocate mental health, get the conversations going, 
So, you know, we were talking about advocating and doing posters and those types of things. Those are the types of individuals who will be driving that. Mm -hmm. And they will need to be having that refresher training every year because the stats change every year. Some Mm -hmm. of the content changes every year. So they need refreshers. And they also need to check in because this is heavy information. If people are coming to them talking about certain things, they also need to know how to protect themselves and a big thing about self-care and where they can go as well. Because a day cannot prepare someone to deal with some of these issues when people in the mental health profession have been getting three, four, five years work. So it's just scratching the surface, recognizing early warning signs, signposting people to professional help. Okay. So that's what that's about. Okay, awesome. So tell us where people can find you to engage in your services. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Jolene King. I have a Facebook business page. I also just joined Instagram, 246 King Consulting. I'm still learning (laughs) how to use it. Uh Uh, My website is 246king.com and my email address is jking at 246king.com. Okay, so people find Jolene and get your organization the help that it needs in order to address any mental health issues. Or absence management issues or well-being programs or anything of the sort. Yes, and Jolene will give you the assistance that you need. What are you reading right now, Jolene, that you think other HR professionals should be reading? Now, I read widely Mm -hmm. and from varying sources. So I read my HR management, I'm on the mailing list for HR management and people, man- sorry, HR magazine and people management. I read those every day. Mm-hmm. I also am on employment law newsletters and any HR professional should be up to date on employment law and on everything happening within HR. But also... I think that people need to understand business because we are people work managing people in the business context. So I read the Financial Times. I pick up stuff from Wall Street Journal, Business News. I'm very widely read. And I also read Current Affairs because I need to know what's happening in the world that will affect people when they bring themselves to work. So that is what I read. And I would add... Some people don't like to read, so you can get it in whatever format you want, whether it's podcast, whatever, but you need to be, there you go, or you need to be aware of what is happening. Absolutely, and that does sound like a wealth of um, information that you're covering and that would be good for for other HR professionals to take advantage of so that they can better leverage themselves in terms of understanding the business, but also understanding the people. That's Um, right. And the place that they play within the organizations. Correct. What would you say is one of your pet peeves in terms of misconceptions that people have about HR? People still think it's easy and anybody can do it. Now, once they start working with me, they realize that they can't. People within people management require a particular skill set. You need to have a high level of resilience You need to be a diplomat. You need to be tactful, understand the importance of confidentiality, honest, transparent, and effective communicator. And you need to be able to have a professional detachment. You cannot take things home with you because 
we deal with people. Uh, people are complex. There are a lot of things that are difficult. Sometimes we have to make people redundant. We have to make, have difficult conversations. These are not easy things. And when I interact with directors, then they tell me, Jolene, I could not do this job. And I said, I know. So once they see what HR actually does by interacting with people who work in HR, then they realize it's not easy and everyone can't do it because Mm -hmm. if everybody could do it, they would. It's not an easy job. No. It's not for the faint of heart. That is right. I say it all the time. And it's very insulting for people to say anybody could do it. Because it's not the paper pushing of no. the 60s and 70s. Those days are long gone. Mm-hmm. You are 100% correct. And you're preaching to the choir here. And I'm sure that a lot, a lot of our <laughs> We have these conversations. Yes, we have. We have. And, and I'm sure we're going to have many more. But I know yes. that our listeners today will be very happy to hear um, and, and fully support. Some of them may even be clapping. <laughs> because they truly 100% agree with what you're saying yeah. Jolene I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to, to me today and for sounding off on this really important topic of mental health in the workplace I, I feel like again this is another topic that we are going to have to deep dive into a little more so I'm sure that there will be a part two to this podcast that's down fine down. I'll be available just let me know I will do. That's all we have time for in the sound booth today. Thank you for joining us on HR Sound Off. You can find me at Julie Turney 3 on Instagram, Julie Turney on LinkedIn, Julie Turney 2 on Twitter. If you have any questions that you want us to answer, drop us a line at hrsoundoff at gmail.com and we'll be sure to answer your questions within our shows. You can also find us on Castbox and SoundCloud for now. Thank you for tuning in and join us again when we next sound off.